Hey everybody, welcome back to another one. So today, back with my uh, my good buddy Jay. I think we're just gonna make this a thing where you and I just start hosting a podcast together because you and I get to get together, man, and it feels like we just never shut up about hunting. Back when we were working together, we cover an eight eight hour shift felt like nothing, you know. It's because you slept at it, but <laughs> hey, third shift is third shift, man. You know. We start talking about hunting, and it just felt like, like where'd time go, you know? But uh, I had a buddy of mine actually get a hold of me this past week. I guess uh, a guy that he works with, so like a friend of a friend, um, lost his hunting lease. I guess this uh, this hotshot lawyer from New Jersey came all the way to Ohio and offered this farmer. Uh, and the farmer took it, but twenty-five grand for a two hundred acre lease. That's too much. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. But here's the thing: here's the stipulation. The farmer's not even allowed back there. Well, so, yeah. The guy bought it. Yeah. He paid twenty-five grand for the hunting rights. I wouldn't want him back there either. <sighs> that's a lot of money to pay for hunting rights. Yeah. I'd hate to pay twenty-five grand for hunting rights, and then you go back there and. There's that farmer. There's that farmer's brother, his uncle, his dad, his two kids, his best friend's former roommate. <laughs> all trampling over what you just paid for. Oh yeah, I uh, would be. That's the way a lease works. Obviously, the farmer didn't have any problem with it. He took the money. He signed the lease. My issue, my issue isn't with the fact that the farmer took it. Mm -hmm. My issue comes from the fact of handshake agreements are dying, and as far as when it comes to hunting. Mm -hmm. It seems like you can't go down, the, you can't drive down the country anymore, you know, find a local farmer and, and get permission, shake his hand. Yeah, you can go back there. You can. And you just got to look for them. And, you know, there's a lot of farmers out there, um, especially ones that, you know, not your cattle farmers, but your uh, crop. Love deer hunters. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of crop damage down there. I mean, it's just, you just got to look for it and everything. And um, so. I mean, that's my outlook on that. And people lose hunting. For, I don't want to say rights. They lose their privileges all the time. Oh. Okay. And it's just the nature of the beast, you know, when you're hunting, you know, and everything. And at the end of the day, it's that property owner's land. Oh, yeah. He's going to do what he wants to do with it. And it's our responsibility to respect that. So if he wants to lease it out to somebody else, um, if he wants to put no hunting out there, period, sad but true. It's the way it works. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, there there's other options out there. You know, there's state hunting lands. There's, you know, national forests. There's public, you know, I'm, I'm not huge on public hunting because I seem to run into every drunken idiot on the planet when I go do this. But <laughs> um, I, I do hunt them. Well, you went on one, you know, I mean, over there in Pennsylvania, you know, and yeah, I mean, that was a wonderful place. But. Yeah, that that area in Pennsylvania where we went for that bear hunt, one thing that kind of drove me absolutely crazy is, so their deer gun season runs like parallel with ours. So if you wanted to go to Pennsylvania for a deer hunt, it runs right there with Ohio's gun season. So we went out there. 
I want to say that was like what a week before their gun season opened up for deer whitetail. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't deer hunt in Pennsylvania. I can't remember. We were out there what second, third week of November. It always the bear hunt season, gun season statewide always starts the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So that's when that starts. I've never. I've never even been inclined to go deer hunting over there because mm-hmm. I deer hunt here in this state, Ohio, and I have uh, property down in that I hunt down in Kentucky. Yeah. So that's enough deer hunting for me and uh-huh. the family, you know, and our, our deer hunting is kind of like a family reunion. You know, it's uh, it's the male bonding experience. Uh, yeah. Come hell or high water. That's I'm going on that one. You know? Oh yeah. And, no, but, you know, I'm not the guy to ask about deer hunting in Pennsylvania, really. ain't You know, I go to Pennsylvania every other year for bear hunting. Yeah. yeah well, well, what I was getting at was right next to uh, my old man Mark and me were uh, English Nazis out there. But we, we were up on the uh, the side of that little mountain right there, Panther, was that Panther Trail? Panther, Panther Run. And there is a public shooting range. Hmm? right down at the bottom of that that you know you're shooting the opposite way of where we were at but the entire weekend four or five days that we were down there every hillbilly and all six sounds like a shaw valley down there pop, down. Pop, 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 pop. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. sounded like hamburger hill i was yeah. so we're up there you know trying to bear hunt and do our thing and it just ever it never let up yeah yeah and that's a lot of people that wait until the last minute to go in there and sight the rifles in all that and which you absolutely should not be doing and i mean i understand like if you're traveling and you go there which you should you know when you get there make sure nothing happened to your firearm and all that that only takes a few shots and you're done but you got people that procrastinate and wait to the last minute you know and oh. hey, i mean i haven't sighted my scope in yet i better get down there i know it's the opening day of bear season but maybe i should get down there right next to one of the largest public bear spots in the state and sight my rifle speaking of season man it's you're a you're a waterfowl hunter here in ohio we're less than a month away from opening day we got early goose and teal coming up september 3rd and season's right around the corner man freaking dove opens up on september 1st archery for whitetail i think september ain't it september 25th yeah 25th or 28th? I don't know why. It's 20-something. I know that. I, I got to check the dates on it, but yeah, it's it's all right around the corner. Cool. Uh, kind of cool thing happened to me uh, this past week at work. Uh, you, you know I drive a trash truck. And mm-hmm. I was now picking up a dumpster at one of uh, Ohio's public uh, kill deer, public land. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that you know works there on the public land come out and Actually scared me after death to walk up behind me. He's like, "Hey man, how's it going? What where where'd you come from?" But uh, uh, he goes, "Here you go, fresh off the press," and hands me one of the uh, this year's hunting regulations for the state of Ohio. He's like, "These aren't even out at Walmart yet, man." So here you go. And I'm like, "Oh right." Yeah, I know. I went and bought my hunting license and fur takers permit, and uh, the guy's like, "You want the." Hunting regulations? He's like, well, yeah. He hands it to me. They get home, and it's last year's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, I need to get the new one. I don't know how many changes there are done, but I'm sure there's some. I haven't read through it fully yet. Uh, I know there's a couple There's a couple changes 
that I know of is uh, there's like two or three counties now that are like CWD counties. Mm -hmm. So the limit down there is dropped. The amount that you're allowed to take. Um, unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me here at Boston Mountain. I can tell you, but. Uh, yeah, if it's right. south, I ain't going to worry about it. I hunt around here anyway. You know, I mean, I'll read the regulations and everything, but if I, uh, if I go south, I'm, I'm heading out of state, you know. Oh, yeah. I, dude, I'm telling you, man, I would be a great addition to your Kentucky deer camp. I'm telling, you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, that goes. That's family only, though. I didn't make that rule. That's the family rule. We can bend it, man. We're like family. Yeah, bend it. Yeah, what the hell's matter you? Oh, what am I drinking here? This is delicious. That's uh. It tastes like bird dog peach. No, it's not. It's homemade. Oh. Uh -oh. Was it made by a guy who doesn't wear shoes? Because that's the best one. Kind of, sort of made. It's made by the guy sitting across from you. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hillbilly enough. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so tell anybody that's watching the video, or if I even put the video up, I don't know if I will. Tell us about this buck we got here. That's uh, the centerpiece. That is a. Well, I wasn't even buck. going to put it out there. That was your idea, and uh, so he thought it looked good, and so it don't look that bad. Ah, he ain't bad, and uh, I've seen bigger. My son shot bigger than that. It's hanging upstairs, but that one there, I shot in Kentucky. Um, I actually wasn't going to shoot him, but then he looked at me twice. And I was like, I fucking me. I had to go. But uh, shot him in a old 30 out six that I had. And, you know, nothing, nothing extravagant. You know, he came in trailing a doe behind me and uh, he was eating. And, man, I ain't kidding you. He, maybe from here to the porch. That's how close he got. Yeah. I'm like, I'll see you later. And then shot him, took him in. And I was considering having him mounted. And I was like, nah, I'm just going to boil his skin off and have a little skull mount. My buck out at the back home, it's uh, that little seven pointer shot last year. Uh, it's about ready to go, go up on the wall. So I think mm. everything's about rotted away on it. I just got to. Put in some boiling water, not the house, obviously, because I don't want to sleep on the couch. But take it to taxidermists, they got them beetles that eat all the flesh off. And... Yeah, I actually thought about doing that this year. Go out and get me a 50 100 gallon tank, just drop a bunch of beetles in there. I think it's a certain type of beetle that does it. And uh, I mean, you that's get them on Amazon, I yeah, yeah. that's out of my specialty, you know. So, but. I had one done for my son. He yeah. got a nice eight point, very first deer he ever got. It was a nice eight point and uh, shot it with a 243. It's actually sitting behind you. And uh, yeah, he shot it with a load I came up with and like, yeah, did three hops. Down. See, I, I'm telling you either before deer season, I'm buying a 350 Legend, possibly a 450 Bushmaster. And Maybe even 4570, who knows? I'm a big fan of that 450 Bushmaster in that Ruger American Ranch. Um, if you want to see it, it's right there. And 
you know, I ain't got no sponsors, promoters or whatever. So if I like it, I'm being truthful on it. And, you know, it's not a, I mean, it's a budget friendly gun, you know, you're not forking out an entire paycheck to get it. You know, it's, they're still out there under 500 bucks and, you know, they went with that 16 inch barrel. It's nice and light. So you're tromping through the woods, climbing tree stands and all that. It's just, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to carry, you know, compared to some of the other ones that I got to weigh half a ton. So. I'm gonna need one of your. Uh, I'm gonna need some of your your hand loads there. Cause I saw what your 450 Bushmaster uh, hand loads will do to a block of gelatin. That was impressive. Makes them disappear. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was. Tell you what, though, that lint look blow your ears out. They are loud. Yeah, that is. They that got, yeah, they got that compensator on the front of it. They are. They are loud. That short barrel. Exactly. But it's it's definitely. Definitely worth it. And, you know, they got, you know, people ask me a lot and all that stuff, what my preference is between the 350 and the 450 and all that. And I, first words out of my mouth are my preference. You know? Yeah. I'm not saying this one's better than this one or that one's better than the other one. It's like my personal preference is the 450. Oh. You know, nine times out of 10, I always side with power. You know, as long as they're both reliable firearms and accurate and everything, I, I steer towards power. But if you're recoil sensitive, you know, you'll go with the 350. You will like it better. They both kill deer. But I like that big, I like that big nugget going down range. And- oh, yeah. Uh, if any of you guys, uh, any of you guys are avid listeners from the episodes before, you might uh, notice that there's been a name change. And with the podcast, it used to be Hunting Season Addiction. Uh, I actually changed it to Bows and Bullets. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, uh, well, every day with, you know, bringing you on and, and hopefully, you know, us getting together and doing this maybe once a week or once every other week or something like that, your expertise, you know, you lying, obviously bullets and rifles and, you know, being down in Kentucky, you get the, uh, better end of the deal when it comes to hunting because you guys can just bottle mix mm-hmm. for some reason here in the state of Ohio, we can't. Makes no sense. That's for another episode. Oh, yeah. We can, you get into that. We might as well just name this episode something about asinine laws and restrictions. Idiots in the state of Columbus, but well, city of Columbus. But, and mine, I'm a huge bow hunter. I like my compound bows, specifically Matthews. You know, so anybody from Matthews Archery is listening, maybe, uh, we slide a couple bows our way, you know, maybe go ahead and, you know, sponsor. But, so, bullets and bows just kind of, bows and bullets, just kind of seem to fit, you know. I, I don't want this podcast to turn into, you know, only deer. Obviously, I'm a big waterfowl hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who's, you know, friends with me on Facebook or follows my uh, yeah. in, my Instagram for uh, or Facebook page for my YouTube channel, Forever Waterfowl. Yeah, we um, talked about that before and everything when you were mentioning waterfowl, and I, I'd said it before. Don't you know? It's a hunting channel. Oh, yeah. Don't don't limit yourself to one form, especially when you don't do when you do more than just one form. You know, so I mean, if you're a deer hunter, waterfowl hunter, uh, I, I got family members that you know, they love hunting with dogs, so they're you know rabbit, you know coon hunters and everything. We were all coon hunters before my family was before we got into deer hunting. So all that stuff, you know, if you're wanting to make yourself a interesting show, 
variety. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Variety is what's going to get it. That's in my personal humble opinion. Oh yeah. My my goal for the YouTube channel, and I, I'm gonna start moving in that direction once I get my duck boat done. Which, if anybody wants to see the uh, transformation of a uh, near-death aluminum duck boat brought back to life, uh, head over to the, my YouTube channel, Forever Waterfowl, and check it out. It's I'm gonna be putting up another episode either here tomorrow or the day after. It's uh, we're nearing done. I got the seats in today, mm-hmm. um, so next up is paint. And I'm going to rhino line the inside of it. I'm going to rhino line the, uh, the seams on the bottom of the boat just to kind of help seal out any, you know, water leaks, yeah. things like that. We don't get out there in the boat that leaks. Oh, absolutely. Well, a lot of the lakes around us, uh, one that I plan on uh, ducking goose hunting this year out at uh, uh, Charles Mill out there in Mifflin, it's so shallow. You know, I'm always worried I'm going to run over a stump or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they they got the dam wide open during the winter, so certain times we can't get out there, unfortunately. But uh, I'm going to get you in a duck blind this year. It's going to happen. At some point, you know, we're going to end up in a duck blind. I'll try anything once. And, uh, turn you into a waterfowl. I've never, never got into that. Yes. I don't know. It never intrigued me, but like I said, I ain't got nothing against it. And it's just, I've always, when it came to hunting. All right. You were saying? I can't remember. We were interrupted and everything. So what was I talking about? Um, no, I don't remember. I don't remember you some fucking transient, you know, walk in the middle of this. <laughs> Crackheads, man. What are you going to do? But while we, uh, while we got a break, I want to go ahead and, uh, Actually, send out a huge shout out to my uh, buddy Aaron out in uh, Arizona for giving me the hookup. Uh, duck hunting. Duck hunting, that's right. Vacay uh, Cowboys Clothing Company. If you guys haven't heard of them, go and check them out. They're uh, they're a pretty good, pretty good company. He's a really good guy. So, uh, pro America, pro hunting, fishing, all that good stuff. So, head over there and check them out. Keep trying to get them to sponsor the uh, channel. Hopefully, you know, maybe we can work something out, Aaron, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Send us money. <laughs> I'd, like to get, I'd like to get it set up, you know, maybe we get microphones and make it look all professional and, you know, maybe yeah, start to kind of look like professionals. I'm going to look. So. <laughs> I just meant the backdrop. You know, we're always going to be hillbillies. So. so you get any closer in the air. I'm sure the listeners would love to see us down in Kentucky in that nice little cabin you got down there doing an episode during the middle of the gun season. Yeah, there ain't no cabin down there. There is. We don't want that. Take all the luxuries of the house. <laughs> the whole days of going number two in an outhouse. But <laughs> wanting it afterwards, that's done. I am. I'm a high-tech redneck now. Like my indoor plumbing. Indoor plumbing, huh? Kind of takes away the essence of deer camp. But duck hunting, anyway. You're saying you got family and stuff that, that got into duck hunting and or something Not like that. Hunting. No, I said that uh, they were into uh, hunt with dogs. Rabbit. Yeah. So, but 
other than that, I can't think of any family member that I got that wants migratory birds, waterfowl. Well, you're the first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe. I'll try it out this year. No, uh, it's... I'll tell you one thing I love about waterfowl hunting that's a lot different different from deer hunting in, in the aspect of, you know, deer hunting, you're sitting in your stand, you know, sitting still, quiet, you know, looking for movement. No, uh, excuse me. Waterfowl hunting, you're cooking breakfast, you're, you know, shooting the shit, making fun of your buddy who can't seem to hit the broadside of a barn, you know. There, there's a lot more, I want to say camaraderie uh, in between duck hunting, migratory birds, and there is with deer. And don't get me wrong, you know, I, I love the idea of going away for a week. You know, just the guys, family out in the cabin doing the deer hunts and doing the, uh, doing all of that. But there's just something about throwing out decoys, man. Watching them birds come cupped yeah, up. Yeah, hunting and, as a group, you're gonna hunt solitary from a tree stand and stuff. So, yeah. and that's the big reason why I go. I like to get away. Yeah. I like the solitude. You know, I'm a solitary animal. Yeah. So, I think it's just because you suck shooting moving birds. We'll fix that. We didn't kill no coyotes. Nope. Not that any. And you're not going to every time. No, so. yeah. As much of a problem as they are, man, it seems like they're they're hard to find. But it's like anything else, they gotta be there when you're hunting in order to get them. So. Oh yeah. I ain't got nothing to do tonight. Let's record this podcast. We'll go ahead and shoot. I, I do have stuff to do tonight. Oh, man. Yeah. Or I would. Uh, let me see here. Maybe next weekend. Maybe next weekend? Yeah. Who knows, guys? No, maybe there... no. Well, yeah. But yeah. I maybe. should be available next weekend. Maybe there'll be a coyote hunt thrown up uh, thrown up on your old YouTube channel. Yeah. You can see. Hunt them at night, too. I got the thermal. Yeah. Record straight from that thermal. Oh, yeah. Let me go for your show. Next, uh... Next podcast episode, I think we're going to talk about hunting partners. I don't want to get too much into it. Um, but those that we've hunted with, uh, you know, whether they're still here, whether they're not anymore, you know, those guys that there's a bond in hunting. They're there in the is, outdoors. Uh, to an extent, you know, but there's also the other fun. Uh, I've hunted with a lot of uh, stupid. Oh, yeah. Stupid people, and which I'll never do again. <laughs> I, mean, I still have nightmares about a bear hunt. Uh, yeah, that's, we can do a podcast on that. The entire podcast will be me bitching about that one hunt. <laughs> I've heard that story like three or four times, man. And, and every time I just laugh my ass off. <laughs> four, days, four days. And it was an absolute nightmare. Oh, we, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, we used to. I've heard that story a hundred times, and every time I love hearing it. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the reasons why I'm a solitary animal. Like I said, it's a I got no problem. Well, you went on a bear hunt with me, you remember that? I'm like, I got mine on your oh, yeah, for me. <laughs> I'm like, it's just <laughs> ruined me. Yeah. Just so happens that your here was right in the middle of a cemetery. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that one. Uh, Pennsylvania, can you guys give us? Uh, 
can you guys maybe shoot us an email or answer, you know, as to why you're, you know, your yurts are sitting on top of an ancient burial ground or something? Step out in the middle of the night I'm on top of John Connor's grave, and it's like, man, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> I know that, I never would have rented this one. That and they had one bathroom open for the entire freaking campground. Yeah, but uh, there wasn't very many people. I wonder if that determines if they open up those ones or not. Yeah. Because the whole reason they rented that year is because it's the closest one to that shower uh, house, yeah. restaurant facility. <laughs> and I get there and they got that one shut down, and the one on the other side of the campground is the one that's open. Yeah. Like, reason I wanted this. One right here. Plus, you guys didn't tell me the damn graveyard are excited. Cuddling with Casper in the middle of the night, you know. Sucks. You got sick during that bear hunt. Yeah. That's horrible. I've bedridden the entire time we're up here. We were up. We were up. Outside and peeped on John Connor's grave. (laughs) Sorry, John. I remember. Well, I remember the next morning. You said you know you weren't going to hunt that morning and. But you knew the area, and we didn't. You had told us the night before, just come not, you know, well, knock on my yurt, and I'll, I'll point you. I to get away. You knew the circumstances. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll cover that yeah, that's later on. personal stuff going on at that time, and I decided not to, not to hunt that season again. But I still went. Yeah. I didn't intend on getting the flu. If I knew I was going to get the flu, I would never went. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, we knocked on the door that morning and you came you looked like death warmed over, man. You just I, I give you props for staying as long as you did, because I you were there, you stayed there I think three out of the four days. Or something like that. Yeah. Left the day that or no no. I think you guys left the day early because they uh yeah, they were getting that winter storm come, come through. Yeah, yeah. 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 One of the locals come up sticking out because the weather's supposed to get bad. I'm not getting stuck in the mountains. Yeah. That's the With the flu. No cell service. Yeah. <laughs> Which I liked about that. Don't get me wrong. I like that. No cell service. And I, I mean, I loved it up here, but yeah, being sick is totally different. It just, it just wasn't, wasn't a good time for me. Oh yeah. And, uh, but yeah, like, like I said, I went, every time I go on a bear hunt, something happens. It's either it's me or something like that. My uh, still go. I like it. The highlight of that was it didn't even happen at bear camp. It happened probably a month and a half later when I got a letter in the mail. My uh, old man had gotten hit with a case of the bubble guts in the middle of the night, and of course the bathroom closest to us wasn't open. It was the one that was on the other side of the campgrounds, and you know he got woke up in the middle of the night by it. Runs outside and leaves a nice heaping pile right next to the cabin. Mm-hmm. I got a I I got the I got a like a picture book you know where all my hunting memories I got that letter put right in there because I'm gonna talk about that for probably till the day I die. All right, you almost got me arrested because you couldn't hold your freaking guts and ended up leaving a 13 pound pile right next to the cabin. I feel sorry for the guy that had to write that letter. <laughs> you know that was some rookie right out of ranger school and all that. And like, sorry, rookie, we had to do it when uh, we were there, so. <laughs> How do you write that? You know he want to be like, dear Mister Buckhead. <laughs> I don't swim in your toilet, but I'll shit on my building. 
<laughs> but oh yeah, because you know the new guy had to clean that up. The only way you were cleaning that up was with a uh, flat shovel. Anyway, another new guy. They just wrote a letter. I can still get a cabin down there, so they must not have been too mad. Must not have been, and uh, <laughs> it might have been in charge. You fuckers have never got a cabin again. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna walk up there and step in it along with the, got the flu or something. But you're like, oh yeah, this, this ain't gonna happen. <laughs> well, I knew we had cleaned the cabin before we left, right? Because we wanted to keep it in. In the beginning of the letter, it says, uh, you know, that the cabin was left in unacceptable conditions. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, what do you mean? Excuse me, unacceptable conditions. What, what, and, you know, so I'm like, whatever. And I keep reading it, and I guess, and they listed off uh, the reasons that it was left in you know, unacceptable conditions. And the only reason that's on that letter, human fecal matter found next to the, Cabin with open bathrooms. Yeah. I'd have got a cold one back. Lied. <laughs> that wasn't us. That was a son of a bitch in the cabin beside us. We mm-hmm. had him off in the middle of the night. You sent him a letter. <laughs> oh, man. You going to bow hunt this year? I see you got that, got that crossbow back here behind you. I have the time. Yeah. I'm on social media, but uh, you never know if I'm going home at the end of the ship or not, you know. So it's yeah. And uh, I got a son, you know, it's he's in multiple sports, all that other stuff. Family comes first. Oh, yeah. And so if I, if I get the time, like I said, uh, with us, that gun season in Kentucky is our dedicated. You know, so oh, yeah. every time I canvas for vacation, that's the first thing I flip to November. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, if I can get out every now and then, I'll try to. But for the most part, it's usually not too much. I used to bow hunt quite a bit and got some nice ears doing it too, but time is a precious commodity that a lot of us don't have anymore. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I used to work out with you, and my thing was I'd work all throughout the summer. That's when I grabbed my overtime and put it in the compound. Mm-hmm. That way, come deer season, you know, nobody out there wants to have uh, winters off. You know, they all want the summers off. Ain't that way now. Not that way now? There ain't no days open in November, December. And I'm like, December? I mean, they're all booked. So. But that's that's the way it is, you know. So I mean, it's you got to juggle a little bit. And I'm not complaining. Like I said, as long as, long as I get my deer hunt, I'm, yeah. you know. And then every other year I go bear hunting in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah we're gonna start next. Up around here, you know, I got weekends off, so I can yeah. still hunt up here on the weekends. And as long as I'm not too busy with my son, family, and stuff like that, but so I'll hit the gun season up here on. I think it runs over three weekends total. So here in Ohio, yeah, you only get a week. You get what about that bonus? That's only weekend. one weekend. Yeah, I know, but when it runs over that week, you get Monday to Sunday. Oh, it's so Monday to Sunday, Monday so there's so there's two weekends. Monday, then. Day, yeah. Monday. Monday to Sunday, and then uh, 
you get they give you a bonus weekend mm -hmm. so there's two weekends it covers them now in ohio we also have a separated designated muzzle agency oh. which you know that mm -hmm. for the people listening in ohio mm -hmm. they do it kind of weird which our gun season runs well after the draft mm -hmm. um and then, then it's only a week long where you can actually use a firearm but our archery season runs from september to february nonstop. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one of the reasons I got into bow hunting is because I wanted to do more bow hunting. But growing up, all we ever did was the gun week here in Ohio, which that's like a national holiday around here. I mean, there's schools that don't even run Monday to Tuesday. They just add in the Thanksgiving. Yep, they have to excuse their students yep. for hunting season up here, and uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm -hmm. So my favorite hunting in Ohio is muzzleloader. Yeah. It runs January, so it's cold. Uh, your crops have been taken off unless something bad happened, they left them on. But so you get a lot of, you're a lot of bait, bait in Ohio, so you get a lot of luck with bait because oh, yeah. the food sources are not plentiful for them. Yeah, I am, uh, <sighs> I'm a fan of muzzleloader. I actually got one now, a nice one. Oh, good. So, I'm tired of letting you use mine. Yeah, well. so. Not that nice. That's, that's a nice muzzle loader. <laughs> it is. You almost didn't get that back. That bullshit. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it, man. Mm. Someone broke in and stole it. Yeah. We better be finding that son of a bitch. Yeah, I'll <laughs> be knocking on his door. But uh, no, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is a nice muzzle loader. And uh, I really like muzzle loader hunting. Um, especially before when you didn't have the straight walls. Mm hmm. And you had to either use shotgun or muzzleloader. Yeah. Um, some people did handgun hunt, and I did, but I loved the muzzleloader. You know, I got a little more reach on it and everything. Yeah. And so, and I, I like muzzleloaders anyway, especially uh, for younger hunters and everything. It teaches them that one-shot mentality. Oh. You know, I know a lot of people that have brought their kids, young ones, into hunting and everything, and there's your 870 or Mossberg 500 and everything like that. And they get that spray and pray mentality. You know, there's this deer and they're just, boom, 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 boom. Oh yeah. You know, one of them ain't safe. It don't teach them anything, you know, and it's just something in, instilled in them. Early on, you got one shot. Yeah. One, you better make it count. Well, I can't. That's one of the reasons I, I do not, I do not deer hunt during the, on public land during the gun season. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll be honest, and I'll be honest with you, the Amish are bigger. One of the big reasons why I don't. I, I've seen too many of Jedediah and all 48 of his cousins and nephews. And, you know, they will walk the woods flat. Mm -hmm. It's will, not just them. I mean, I've seen families that do that. And uh, drunk. <laughs> They're all out there tossing their bush light cans and all that. So I went years not gun hunting in Ohio. And, you know, I've been back in places where I was told I'm the only one that's got permission. And I'm back here in a tree stand, and sure enough, here comes three people walking right up on them. Not only do they not just walk up, they come up to me. Yeah. And wouldn't know what I'm doing back here. Like, what do you think I'm doing back here, you dumbass? The same thing you're doing. I'm hunting. You know? Yeah. You got permission? Yes. That's how I know you don't. You know? But that's, that right there is what. I won't say ruins hunting, but gives us hunters a bad name. Oh, yeah. you, know, you were talking about, you know, landowners and all that other stuff before. And, uh, 
you know, people trespassing, people poaching, people not being respectful to the mm-hmm. property and all that. That's what, you know, ruins it because next thing you know, you go out there and there's no, tre- there, there's no hunting signs posted everywhere because, yeah. you know, Joe Blow fluffing stuff over here decided to go back here and throw his litter all over, you know, mm-hmm. or he went back and got permission, you know, can I hunt back here? Well, yeah, and they write him permission. He thinks that he's now an agent for him and he's bringing 10 people with him and, yeah, you know, that's what, that's what ruins it. It's oh, lack absolutely. of respect. I've lost good spots. Uh, I had permission, and I I remember telling you about this. I know you know about this one, but I had permission on an amazing piece of property. And a farmer owns several different properties, you know, around the county. And I get a phone call one day just out of the blue, and they're like, hey, you got terrible your hunting stuff down. I'm like, oh, what? And this was, like, right before the rut was starting. You know, it was... I had several, several nice bucks on camera. And I could not wait for the rut. Like I had stayed out of there because I was waiting for that optimal time, temperatures to drop, you know, waiting to get a good north wind. And sure enough, man, I get that phone call probably, I will say a week maybe before the rut was supposed to just really pick up and kick in. And I guess what had happened was somebody had snuck onto one of his properties and was back there hunting with a gun when he should have not been back there hunting with a gun. I don't know what he was hunting. But uh ruined it for everybody, didn't he? Well he shot at something and the bullet ended up hitting the side of a building that somebody was in, I mean feet away. Uh and just, you know, pulled right through the dude's garage and he's like, What in the world? So I get a phone call and I, hey, go down there, tear all your stuff down. You kidding me? And from that, we still can't get permission to deer hunt on there. I, I tried to lease. Uh, lease and when it's all said and done, year. can you blame that property owner? No, I can't. You can't blame it all. You know that dude got hit. Mm-hmm. Guess who's getting sued? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I mean, I got a similar story for you. And uh, I worked with a guy in a factory, and uh, and here's the funny part. This was the same year I went over to Pennsylvania that one time, and uh, the, the nightmare one. Well, I ended that two days early because I couldn't tolerate it. I'm like, this dude's going to come up missing if I, so <laughs> I, I told him, I was like, hey, you know, the rentals in my name, it's done. Back up, we're leaving. And uh, so we leave, you know, and everybody in my work areas, you know, asked me how it went. Why'd you come home early, blah, blah. And I'm still salty, you know, so I'm telling them all that. People are like, oh my God, man, that's a little far fetched. I can't. Oh, I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Well, it's one guy standing down there listening to the whole thing. I ain't gonna mention any names, obviously. Well, he came up to me the next day. He's like, hey, this guy that went over there in Pennsylvania with you. His name happened to be so and so. I said, that's exactly who the fuck it is. Yeah. And he goes. Yeah, you know, uh, that's the same guy that. Speak a little louder. Oh, it's not coming across well, the thing. Shit. Well, it sounds like you're having technical difficulties. Huh? But, uh, <laughs> well, give us money so we can get money. Yeah. Money. But, uh, so he, uh, he tells me, he's like, he got me kicked out of a place I hunted for years. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, I've hunted that for years. He goes, I know the people that own it. And he goes, just out of respect. I know they didn't care, but I ask them every year, can I go back here? Yeah. 
you know, you're welcome. Well, one year he goes up and asks, and they said, yeah, but our granddaughter got married. Um, we were, he was wondering if you cared, you know, we're going to let him hunt back here, but on the days that you're not back here, could he use your deer blind, pop-up blind? So this guy's like, uh, what's he going to say? They own the place. You know, he ain't going to say no. He's yeah. Yeah. If I'm not back here, I don't care. He can use it. Well, one day he gets a phone call. Hey, get over here, get your stuff, get out of the woods. You're not hunting here anymore. He's like, okay. You know, he goes over there and knocks on the door. And he's like, hey, man, I'm going to go get my stuff. You know, he goes, but can I ask what happened? You know, and they tell him, they're like, yeah, don't act like you don't know. You know, you can think about it when you're back here cleaning your mess up. He goes back here, littered all around his pop-up beer cans. Trash opens up his pot. There's just beer cans from where this guy was sitting there drinking and drinking and drinking while he's out there hunting. And he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So he packs his stuff up. He leaves that trash. Yeah. But he's like, No, I ain't even. So he gets his blind. He goes up, knocks on the door. He goes, I see what you're talking about. And I understand. He goes, But that wasn't me. You know, and they're like, well, we can't see this other guy doing that. And he goes, well, then you're not looking because I don't drink. So tell him that I left his trash back here for him. And so, yeah, I'm sympathetic to that guy. Oh. You know, and, uh, but yeah, when he told me, he's, he's like, I know, I know that there wasn't two people on the planet. <laughs> he's like, as soon as I heard you complaining about that, I'm like, man, I wonder if it was this one guy. Sure yeah. enough, it was. Well, I had I had an issue. You actually came out and helped me hang this particular stand that I'm talking about. Uh, and it was on that property where they had called and said, you know, hey, you got to get out of here. Nobody, everybody across every property that we have has just, just lost all furniture. And if it's, it's still there on Monday, we own it. So I get back here and I clean, clean it up. But uh, opening day of deer season. You came out with me, that was what, two, three weeks before the opening day of deer season? And we had oh, a- I can't remember. I remember helping you hang it, yeah, but I can't we, remember. We hung that stand, and, and I know for a fact, okay, that deer stand was 20 yards away from a nice, heavily used deer trail. Mm-hmm. I had trail camera pictures on that trail. I had all kinds of proof that it was a deer highway. And uh, I actually, I, I remember I sent you a picture of this. I climb up in my deer stand, you know, before opening day, and I'm sitting there all hooked in. Uh, about 10 minutes till shooting line, I start to see the outline of what looks like a ladder. And I'm obviously it's something. Well, right as it got light out, I look over there, and sure as shit, here's a deer stand. 20 yards facing my deer stand, right? And I, and I told you this. I use red straps, red ratchet straps, when I put my deer stands up for a reason. Mm-hmm. I want you to see I'm there before you come, you know, anybody comes walking in or whatever. At least if there's anybody that has some decency or hunting ethics, they go, hey, okay, there's a deer stand right there. Maybe I should just head the opposite direction. No, 20 yards away, facing. Well, I'm like, uh, what? Okay. You know, and. Turns out landowner had given somebody else permission and didn't tell me. Because I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, somebody's poaching on this guy's property. 
as far as I knew, we were the only ones allowed to to hunt there. Well, uh, it got into beginning of October, and I'm sitting over my deer stand. Uh, different stand. I was like, I'm just going to stay away from that stand as much as that killed me. I got two more stands set up on this property I can go sit. Mm-hmm. I go sit on that stand, and I'm sitting there, and, you know, been there all day, all freaking day. Well, we're getting down to right at that magical time of the day. You know, sun's just starting to get low enough, temperature's dropping, and uh, I hear crunching off to my right. I'm like, here we go. Because I had seen a couple of bucks come down from behind the, uh, the hawk. Yeah, which that ended up being one of my favorite stands because the smell from the hog barn could mask the smell. Mm-hmm. You could be dead back Anything, for yeah. weeks. And yeah, could mask diesel smell. fuel. Yeah. And uh, I hear the crunching and I'm like, I heard it behind me. So I reach around and grab my bow and I'm sitting there with my bow on my lap. Wait, just like, I hear it. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. Go. Out from behind the freaking hog barn steps that idiot who put a stand up 20 yards away from me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I hang my bow back up, and I'm sitting here. And I'm just watching him. He's walking and looking like Elmer Fudd, all right, carrying a freaking crossbow, just, you know, hunkered down and just slowly stepping. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, I'm getting this. You know, this guy is just, he's gotten me to that point where I'm like, I don't care if I shoot anything. Neither one of us will. And I, you know, very loudly, I'm like, hey. And he looks up at me and just like a deer in headlights, you know, just, uh, and he's like, all right. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, are you, are you hunting? What, you know, because it's deer season. Well, you're going to jump a deer and shoot it with your crossbow. Mm-hmm. And of course, it just happens to be that perfect time of the day. Yeah, I got corn that's still up. And then, like 15 yards to my left and i'm just waiting for these deer to come down this corn out across the across the trail and he's like oh yeah yeah so and so gave me permission and i'm like you gotta stand back there the perfect time of the day and you decide to what get up and walk around you know maybe oh it's it's cool cold weather you know be a good time to go push the woods with my crossbow come on yeah and i hate that it's unfortunate but you're hunting either public land or somebody else's land where other people have permission somebody walks right up on you and you know especially when they know you're there that is just the most rudest thing on the planet you know there's an unwritten law you know don't don't walk up on another man while he's hunting you know i mean if you're a game warden or something different story but i mean still don't molest my hunt (laughs) yeah so I've had that happen many a times. So, but I know game warden's got a dangerous job, and I know they got, you know, very there dangerous. for a reason. But if I burn a vacation day to go out there and deer hunt, right, and 10 minutes after shooting line starts, he'd walk up on me and just. He's got a job to do, man. He's got a job to do. I'm just, I'm still going to be irritated. I'm going to do what yeah, I'm you're supposed gonna to do. You're going to be irritated, yeah. But you've been inconvenienced, but it's, yeah. They've got a job to do, and there's a reason for it. So if it wasn't for them, you know, and like, you know, I work with your one family member, and uh, I I think I was actually working with him, and uh, when he bought that, 
what, what was it like 12 acres or something yeah 12 acres we got there yeah and uh so these people these game wardens and all that you know you start having trouble with people coming in that ain't supposed to be there these are the guys who get them off yeah, yeah well we another family member of mine is a, a police officer and you know the guys that he went to school with are sheriffs in our county and i think i told you this we've been having people problems with people riding through on florida yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Well, uh, we we have a, a friend. I'm obviously I'm not gonna mention any names because I don't want to throw them out there. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when they don't agree to be on the show or whatever. But, uh, he will go down there and he'll sit in that area and he'll wait because these guys come through on four wheelers, man. They and they just destroy everything. Mm-hmm. It's not even like they're going from one property to another and they're just riding through, you know. I wouldn't care about that, truthfully. If you're being respectful of the property and you're just kind of using it as a cut through, you know, whatever, that's one thing. But when I come back, when I go back there to, you know, check trail cameras or whatever, and there's all these just trails of ripped up mud. and I can't, I don't know if they stole it or not, but. I can't find one trail camera. I have no idea where it's at. They probably took it. And, yeah, probably cut through there and realized that they had pictures of themselves on it and took it. And uh, I like pictures of them. They didn't see all of them. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about before where, you know, people ruin it for people, okay. you know. And so could I understand you guys putting up no no trespassing, no hunting signs because of stuff like that? Absolutely. You know, you got you to gotta keep them off there. You know, you think you're upset now. Imagine being out there in deer season and – Oh, uh, yeah. Charlie Bighorns walks out in front of you, you know, and <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. And then somebody zips through in a four-wheeler and runs him off. Yeah. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the funny part about this is, man, I, I can share hunting stories about, uh, uh, well, I'll say his first name, Mark. you know, my stepdad. There's so many hunting stories I can share about this, man, but bear camp is not the first time that, that man's ass has ruined a hunt. Okay. <laughs> That same property that I was just telling everybody about where that guy walked through and, you know, uh, he had decided to sit in the stand behind me about 50 yards, right? And we were sitting at a pitch, pinch point, so there was a large, uh, there was a large ravine or however you want to say it, mm-hmm. that we were sitting on top of. Now, there's only two trails that the deer go through, and they're either going to cross him or they're going to cross me. If something comes through there, we should get something, right? So I'm sitting there and I text him. I said, hey, keep your eyes open. I'm going to do some rattling. You know, it was getting kind of close enough to where things should start. These bucks are up on their feet and they should start responding to calling and sense attractants, things like mm-hmm. that. So I pull out the rattle bag and he texts me back, okay, mind you. Now, that's the big part, okay? He texts me back, okay. I grabbed the rattle bag out and I'm sitting there hitting on it and uh sounded perfect, man. Like it sounded like an audio record. I'm like, oh that, that was the trick, you know. I put it back in my bag. Three, four minutes goes by and I hear stop. I look over my right. Biggest buck I've ever seen on the hoof at 20 yards. And all of his vitals are behind the thickest bush. In Richland County. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's just got his eyes locked back towards where Mark was sitting. And I'm like, man, if he takes just three more steps, 
you know, and in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in the newspaper, you know, all that cool stuff, they, uh, things that they do here in Ohio. And I got my bow in my hand. He puts his head down, puts his head up, you know, and he does that thing where he's trying to figure out what's going on. Sticks his nose in the air, smells, turns around, blows, and gone. That deer left like three counties. All right, it's probably got permanent residence up in Michigan. <laughs> and I'm like sitting here, I hang my bow up. You got it. So I text Mark. Mark, did you see that deer? That thing was massive. You know, like it, the, the rack on this wouldn't have even touched the rack on this buck. I mean, and this is a nice deer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did you see that? Like, and he texts me back, see what? I'm like, that deer that was 40 yards away from you, just staring <laughs> at you. And he goes, he was too busy taking a shit. Wasn't like, he? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I cut him down to take a shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what time? Like, perfect time, hour and 45 minutes before daylight. Mm-hmm. You know, and this man just happened to be. Down in the ravine, you know, taking a crap. Yeah. Freaking, I think you said old Charlie Bighorn decided to come through and fight for his girlfriend. And was like, now he can keep her. And Somebody's popping a squat, but. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and end this episode here. Yeah, we'll end it with a shit. So. What, uh, you got any hunting advice for the listeners? No, my. It's like, I don't know, just a little thing that I always like to say, you know. Take a kid hunting. Yeah. You know, that's what keeps a thing alive. Yeah. I'd rather hunt with a kid than a fool. Absolutely. So, and I've hunted with many fools. Oh, yeah. So. I think we all have. Uh, remember, guys, tune in. We're going to, like I said, we're going to try to do this every week. Check out my uh, YouTube and Instagram. It's uh, Forever Waterfowl, also on TikTok. Um, and I think from there, guys, we're going to end it. Go ahead and subscribe. Uh, wait for more videos and I guess my big piece of advice is to sit still, shoot straight and we'll see you on the next one